from WUSC-FM and HD1 Columbia, I'm Flint Snyder. And I'm Trey Martin. This is Hot Topics from WUSC News. Coming up, Gamecock football has announced Shane Beamer as new head coach. We'll talk about the challenge ahead for the new head coach as the Gamecocks seek to overturn their losing record. Also, we'll head to Main Street where a new yarn bombing project is bringing holiday designs to city trees and lampposts. We'll tell you how the local group of volunteers managed to pull the project off despite the COVID-19 pandemic and aims to help those in need this winter. And we're sitting down with Brandon Huggins of the Amheist Project, a collaboration helping connect South Carolina musicians We'll talk to him about the inspiration for the project and how he hopes to transform the South Carolina music scene. That's all coming up this week on Hot Topics. First, the news. Live from WUSC News, I'm Flint Snyder. Today, Canada became the latest country to grant approval for Pfizer's coronavirus vaccine, making it the third country to do so behind Bahrain and the United Kingdom. Canada's Prime Minister Justin Trudeau says vaccinations will begin as early as next week. Back in this country, Americans are waiting for FDA approval of its own coronavirus vaccine. An advisory panel for the agency is expected to meet on Thursday to review the Pfizer vaccine. After that, a decision on final approval will be up to FDA officials. In his first press conference since the start of a recent surge of coronavirus cases in the state, South Carolina Governor Henry McMaster warned today the vaccine rollout throughout the state could take months and will be a slow process. McMaster says the state needs to double down its efforts, even though the state is expecting the first doses of the vaccine to arrive some point next week. This comes after South Carolina has reported six, state, six straight days rather, of more than 2,000 positive cases. The University of South Carolina's men's basketball team has paused all of their activities and canceled Thursday night's game against Wofford College after some members of the team tested positive for the coronavirus Tuesday night. Officials wouldn't say whether if uh, players or coaches or staff had tested positive, but say that the team all was following health guidelines. The team has games scheduled for later this month against Clemson and South Carolina State University. The Federal Trade Commission and a group of 48 attorneys general filed two antitrust lawsuits against social media giant Facebook today. The suit alleges that Facebook took part in practices that helped remove competition through its purchasing of social media apps Instagram and WhatsApp. If the lawsuit is successful, the company could be forced to diverge from the two apps. For its part, Facebook says that the lawsuit is revisionist history that seeks to punish successful business. The company's stock was down roughly 2% on Wednesday. Speaking of stocks, the Dow Jones Industrial Average fell 105 points today. The Nasdaq fell 243 points, and the S&P 500 fell 29 points. It's currently 54 degrees outside with a low tonight of of 36. The high for tomorrow is 64 degrees with a low of 37. I'm Flynn Snyder, and you're listening to WUSC News. It's 6 o'clock. WUSC FM and HD1 Columbia, the wave of the future. Spurs up, mass up, Gamecocks. I'm University of South Carolina student body president Izzy Rushton. And I'm President Bob Caslin. Let's prevent the spread of COVID 19. Keep your distance, no matter the location. Get tested. 
Wash your hands. Wear face coverings in class and on campus, in restaurants, and in every social setting around Columbia. And take the I Pledge Columbia promise. We are Gamecocks, so spurs up, masks up, Gamecocks. We'll, we'll get, get through, through this, this together. together. Hi, I'm Ward Jollis, news director at WUSC News and host of the WUSC News show, Localize. At WUSC News, we take the biggest stories and headlines of the week and bring them to you at the local scale so that you can stay informed and maybe learn a thing or two. Inspired by NPR, driven by conversation, join us. Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 6 here on WUSC-FM. Is that a faucet running? That's not a faucet. That's a river rushing through the forest. Forest rivers provide over 100 million people with clean water to drink. What? I can't hear you because of the vacuum. That's not a vacuum. That's the trees in the forest cleaning up the air we breathe. I didn't know the trees were so amazing. Yep, and the forest gives us shade, trees to climb. That's awesome. Let's go explore some more. Visit the forest today and enjoy all it does just for you. To learn more about the forest and find one near you, go to discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Red Defender! That huge asteroid is headed towards Earth! I'll handle this. The Red Defender hurdles towards the asteroid! You saved us! How? I stopped the asteroid and reversed it back into space. <gasps> the moon! It's exploded! Where did you throw that asteroid? Uh, away. Saving the world isn't easy. Saving a life is. One pint of blood can save up to three lives. Go to bloodsaves.com. A public service message brought to you by the Ad Council. And welcome back to another episode of Hot Topics right here from WSC News. I'm Flint Snyder. And I'm Trey Martin. Making his triumphant return this week after uh, some extra added time off uh, last week from Thanksgiving. Welcome back, Trey. I am so glad to be back here in the studio with you, Flynn. And uh, last week, just listening at home, Troy did a fantastic job. Yes. Thank you, Troy, our wonderful producer, for filling in um, and also producing our show yeah. this whole this As semester. As always, yeah. Um, and, and we're looking forward to uh, doing some more next semester. Oh, too. yeah. Um, but we've got a full slate of topics to talk about. We're going all over the place. It's been a busy week this week, and of course, you know, it wouldn't be another Hot Topics episode in fall 2020 without talking about the Gamecocks and just their oh-so-not-so-glorious season this season. Yep, uh, it officially, the the nail was put in the coffin. Well, actually, I don't know. Apparently, we might go to a bowl game. That's because, what they're like, saying. every single team can go to a bowl game this year. But at this point, I'm like, do I want to see us lose again? You know, like, <laughs> it depends on who we play. That's true. If we play like a good team, maybe. But chances are, I'm probably not going to watch that game. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, but you know what we are watching is the uh, newest head coach making his arrival into Columbia this week. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. Yeah, so the Gamecocks hired, I believe, uh, the 36th official head coach of um, their their history. In Shane Beamer, um, and college football fans, if you're listening, might recognize him as the son of legendary Hall of Fame coach Frank Beamer, who coached, um, I think, his entire career at Virginia Tech. Mm. Um, so Shane Beamer, um, he was born in Charleston, South Carolina, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, he's he's young. He's 43, um, but he's got he's been coaching. Um, 
in some type of capacity since 2000. Oh, wow. Um, so he's got 20 years of coaching experience. I'm sure having Frank Beamer as your dad probably helped out Maybe just with a little. that. Yeah. But um, if you go down the list of where he coached, he um, is actually not only born in South Carolina, but um, he's returning to the Palmetto State to coach. He was a coach here from 2006 to 2010. Um, where uh, he coached a bunch of different positions, but uh, most notably he was the head recruiting coordinator um, here at the University of South Carolina. Following that, um, he went to coach with his dad at Virginia Tech, um, had some success there. Um, He coached at Georgia. He was the tight ends and special teams coach there um, on the Georgia team that made the college football playoff in 2017. Um, then he went to Oklahoma, was part of two playoff teams there, and might be you know a, a third this season, uh, where he has served as the associate head coach. So um, he certainly has uh, been around some big programs, yeah. um, some very successful programs. Uh, this now the biggest thing though is that he, while he was a coach there, he was never a head coach. He was never a coordinator. Um, so he has gone from basically coaching and being kind of in charge of one aspect of the team to now he is in charge of the entire team. So we'll see how, you know, he makes that adjustment. But like I said, when your dad is Frank Beamer, I'm sure he probably has more of an idea on how to coach. Yeah. Than a lot of people, so yeah, uh, I'm I'm excited actually. You know, there, I, from what I've seen and read and heard, I think there's a lot of like positive reaction to this. He was the front runner all along in terms of a new coach, and even more interestingly, he worked under Steve Spurrier during the whole Spurrier era from uh, 2007 to 2010 as a linebackers and uh, as a cornerbacks coach as well, as well as special teams coordinator or co coordinator. Um, so like he's got some experience under his wing with some very good programs so we'll see if he can translate that into the Gamecocks uh, program as well and as we were talking before the show um, there has been a lot of like uh, support for him through this process of course um, you might like to see somebody go and try to or might might like to see us try to hire somebody like a maybe maybe a more experienced head coach at like Mm -hmm. a while they're at a smaller school, they're head coach, you know, they're doing it, they're doing the job. Um, but there's a lot of support for Shane Beamer from alums, former players, um, and current players too, mm-hmm. I think are excited for it as well. Um, but I just want to see him win some games. Oh, you yeah. know? I, I, I will support him. I'm excited. I will be watching, but... Um, you need to win some games. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, as our Hot Topics football expert here in-house, Trey, do you think that, like, this is going to be a one-size solution fits all? You know, like, do you think that, okay, like, we got a new head coach returning the corner. Like, do you think there are other underlying issues on the team that need to be addressed before we can even think about turning the corner? There's going to be a huge, of course, with every single coaching change and like change in staff, there's going to be a turnaround. But the thing is, is that like, I don't think South Carolina is that far off. So it's not like Shane Beamer is inheriting this program and he's got to go and he's got to like build new facilities Mm -hmm. and he's got to like get fan support. Like 
it's there. Right. It's just like, can you use it effectively? So while I don't expect us to go to a national championship uh, next year or, you know, maybe ever, I, I don't know, that take it a step at a time. I don't think this is the type of project where you're inheriting it and you're like, okay, it's going to take at least like five or six years. Like if you really play your cards right, we could be competing in two seasons. I I think so. So I, I, that's why I'm, I'm kind of keeping my expectations high for it. Yeah, for sure. And, And we've seen some of that good foundational team that he's inherits, inheriting, like you said, uh, and an example in particular, and it hasn't been all dreary news for the Gamecocks, is Kevin Harris, who this week, and I don't know if this is officially, Trey, if you help me out here, like just what what officially it was, but he went 1,000 rushing yards. Was it just this season alone? Or just this season that's alone. That's incredible. Ten like, games. Wow. So. Yeah, exactly. For an abbreviated season to get like, that's averaging what, like 100 yards a game? I mm-hmm. mean, that's, that's pretty impressive. Yep. He, um... And he wasn't a very sought-after recruit. He yeah. he was kind of under-recruited. Yeah. Uh, so he came in. He had a lot to prove. Uh, and, I mean, he just he's a workhorse. Yeah. I think that's the biggest thing. You can see it in his size and his physique but that you have to have for the position of running back these days. I mean, he is he's an athlete, and he's a burner. Yeah. Um, so he's definitely going to— um, have a bright career ahead of him. You know, because it wasn't like we were playing a particularly good team on Saturday in Kentucky. You know, like it, they they were, I would say they're just as good as we, they're, they just only won one other game, one more game than we had. So it wasn't like they were outstandingly better, but I mean, it was still pretty incredible to watch on Saturday, just how unstoppable he was. He was really only one of like the, only one of the main players that I felt that really like, I don't know, did something for us on Saturday. Yep, Kevin, if you're listening, please come back. And please uh, continue to to be awesome, because yeah. I mean, he like you said, he was like the bright spot of this season. I just like watched. I would watch him, and I'd be like, "Wow, he is a really good running back." Yeah, he's got me excited. Yeah, uh, for next year, because we do have some athletes returning. Yeah, we do. But um, Flynn, we uh, want to kind of switch over to some other topics about about yeah, we're gonna talk. <laughs> Smoothest transition there ever, Trey. That was really great. <laughs> Most of the um, time, I'm pretty good at transitions, <laughs> and that one is just like, like that. It's one okay. Was bad. It's exams week. We're, we'll give you a pass for that <laughs> one. But yeah, we're gonna turn from a loss for Columbia for the wi- uh, to a win for Columbia, and tell you guys about a new like holiday display. It's like an unofficial holiday display that's coming to downtown Main Street that. I recently got a chance to check out, and so Trey, I'll tell you a little bit about it because I know you're dying to just hear all about it. Oh yeah. Um, so basically, this group. Uh, who's led by somebody from the Columbia Arts Center, um, kind of has been over the past couple of years doing these yarn bombing installations all over the uh, all over the city. So they've done one in West Columbia. They've done one all over the, the Columbia itself. And uh, so basically what they do every, every year, they pick a theme. So like, for instance, way back in, I believe it was either 2017, 2018, when the eclipse was happening, they did like an eclipse theme where they did like an outer space theme. So every year they do a new installation at some different point during the year. And essentially they do these designs with yarn and they knit all these really cool designs and they place them on trees, lampposts, bike racks, whatever you can think of. It's, there's yarn on it now on Main Street. Like, yarn is everywhere. And I got a chance to talk to the lady who runs the program, and she said she lost count 
of how much yarn they had to buy this year. The only number she could give me was that they spent $3,400 on yarn. And this, so this local group of volunteers kind of goes out and decorates the trees with yarn designs. They have like snowmen, holiday lights, Santa Claus, you know. And they also they like did the Grinch too. They like stitched together the Grinch, which was kind of cool. Like they got they have some they have some really cool stuff out there. And uh, it was funny because obviously you know they have to start this like almost a year in advance. Like it is a lot of yarn. It stretches almost five blocks from the state house all the way to the Taps building on Main Street. And so they start this pretty early. So this project was started before the pandemic hit. So what they do usually is pay for the supplies themselves out of pocket. And then usually the businesses in the area that they have the yarn in reimburse them. But, you know, this year for COVID, businesses are losing money left and right. Like they didn't really have a lot of money to like donate to the project. So what they did instead was they started a GoFundMe page and the community has come together to the point where like they were able to pay off all their costs for the project so i assume they raised a couple thousand dollars because they i mean that was at least the bare minimum for the amount of yarn they used they said which i think is pretty cool uh the community coming together to keep this uh which i think is a pretty cool tradition alive like i don't know about you but i've never heard of yarn bombing before neither have i and now i want to go to main street yeah and like look at it yeah and it's like it's all over the place like every lamppost is a candy cane now like and every wow. like mailbox has like lights on it or snowflakes like these little pom pom yarn balls or something it's it's really cool and they're really well done too and you know the story just keeps getting better and better because um the obviously a lot of people have been affected financially from covid and so what they're doing with these with this yarn and this unused yarn that they have is they're going to repurpose it and clean it into scarves and then put it on this like giving tree on Main Street. And people who need it can take oh. scarves to keep them warm. You know, I thought that was like a really cool idea. And she I was talking to her and she said, well, the reason they do that is because the first year they, they started this installation like in the first day, somebody took down one of the yarn pieces and then they saw the guy who did it and it was the homeless person and he just needed it to stay warm. Oh, so their okay. whole thing is like, well, why waste all this yarn? Let's reclean it, repurpose it into like actual scarves that people can use to stay warm. I think that's a, I think that's really cool. That just like made my night. Yeah. The fact that somebody was like, not only just the fact that like they're not just going to throw all that yarn away, they're right. going to repurpose it and then they're going to repurpose it into something that's like going to help the like where I want to donate. I want I want to give money to this. <laughs> you just got to wait till I'm next so year. I'm so glad. Then. Oh, <laughs> well, I I you said that they start. Can like anybody just like try to knit? I don't know. Like, let me tell you, this isn't for the this isn't for the faint of heart. Like, it is a it's like intense. It's like, like intense. Like, they have okay. a lot of cool designs out there. Like, I don't even know how to knit. So I was like, I'm just gonna look and see. And it's not like. Oh, we're gonna get like some people, you know, to volunteer and do some crafts. No, but I'm it's sure, like, like I'm people... sure, if you wanted okay. to, like you probably could. It's it's again through the Columbia Arts Center, so reach out to them if you would like to participate. But I think it's really cool. Yeah, that is a great. That's just that made my night. Literally, yeah. like I a nice holiday look, story. Yeah, to, I want to uh, go look at these um, yarn bombs. They're crazy. Yeah, yarn bombing. I've said that like 32 times this past week. <laughs> but you know what else is cool? This interview we have coming up. Why don't you tell everybody about that? Oh yeah, so we've got my friend Brandon Huggins. He is uh, the self-proclaimed A and R of South Carolina, and he put together a pretty cool collaborative music project 
that took place this past weekend. We're going to talk with him more coming up after the break. Global warming is here. The effects may seem slight now, but in a few decades, they could be massive. Heat waves, floods, and food shortages. What can we do? We can join together. Because when many unite as one, we can achieve anything. Together, we're powerful. Find out how we can still reduce greenhouse gas pollution. Go to fightglobalwarming.com. Brought to you by Environmental Defense, the Robertson Foundation, and the Ad Council. Hi, everyone. Al Roker here. As a guy with his own catchphrase, I appreciate that after 75 years, Smokey's only said, Only you can prevent wildfires. But I'm filling in because there's a lot more to report. Like when it's dry or windy. Be careful burning yard waste, because wildfires can even start in your neck of the woods. Go to SmokeyBear.com to learn more about wildfire prevention. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm home. Any mail? Nothing too exciting. Just David's report card and something from the water company. Another water bill? Uh, I don't know. I didn't open it. Oh, David's report card could be better. But this is interesting. The water company sent us a report about the quality of our tap water and where it comes from. And? Our water passed all its tests, unlike some people around here. You'll also be receiving a short new report about your tap water from your water supplier. Look for it, and when it comes, read it. For more information, call your water supplier or 1-877-EPA-WATER. Hi, it's Olivia Munn with my shelter pets, Frankie and Chance. Say hi, guys. When I adopted them, I discovered that they both have incredible personalities. Chance's sole purpose in life is to love and to be loved. Frankie is a little bit of a scoundrel and always entertaining. They're a little bit of a lot of things, but they're all pure love. Adopt pure love at theshelterpetproject.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council, the Humane Society of the United States, and Maddie's Fund. Back here on Hot Topics at WUSC. And we have a special guest coming on the show today named Brandon Huggins, who um, is, as I mentioned before the break, the self-proclaimed A&R, or artist and repertoire, of South Carolina. He is a curator of music, fashion, art, um, just talent in South Carolina, and he organized the Amethyst in South Carolina project that took place this past weekend so, Brandon, can you hear me? Yeah, I Perfect. Thank you so much for joining us. And, uh, Brandon, kind of tell us a little bit about uh, where you're from and then also what is Amethyst? Well, I'm from a small town um, not far from Columbia, which is uh, St. Matthew, South Carolina. Um, born and raised. Um, I actually live in, I reside in Greenville currently. Um and pretty much Amethyst is basically a platform that uh, me and someone else started last year. And it's mainly to highlight the artists around the state. Um, we did it last year in Charleston. And we had over 40 artists and producers, videographers and photographers come out. And we recorded an album over the course of two days. So it's pretty much... A music, a music platform to highlight artists in South Carolina as well as to um, 
kind of want to say, bring bring artists together who you wouldn't uh, normally see together in network. Yes, I definitely got um, that impression when I got there um, and, and checked it out this weekend. Um, and I think that's something that uh, I know you've talked about before. Um, the fact that, you know, here here in South Carolina, it definitely is not the most established music scene. Um, and in, a, in order for there to be a scene, you know, there has to be some kind of collaboration. Um, and so uh, why, why do you think something like Amethyst is needed in South Carolina? Um, I think it's needed in South Carolina because if you just basically look at other regions, let's say uh, Atlanta, for example, um, you know, a lot of artists work together in Atlanta. And a lot of people don't know a lot of artists not only work together in Atlanta, but um, if they aren't, they're, they're sitting in their sessions, you know, and they link uh, other artists together. Um, I think one person I, I think we can use it as, as an example is uh, Young Thug. Young Thug, he links a lot of artists together. And of course, you know, Gucci early on. But I think Young, Young Thug is the person who links a lot of artists together now, currently in the scene of Atlanta. And so um, I put him, oh, you can continue. Sorry about that. No, I was saying, um, <clears throat> you know, and we, we aren't looked at as a quote-unquote music state. And being that, you know, you see people like the baby emerging from North Carolina, a lot of people know that, you know, his sound is from South Carolina. So um, the eyes, I feel like the eyes are, are on South Carolina now for the next talent to be able to come from South Carolina. And not only... Uh, come from South Carolina, uh, being an artist, but having that production as well, and that team of people as far as you know, videography and photography. Yeah, and and Brandon, it's Flynn here. Um, you know, you mentioned that a lot of artists from Charlotte get their sound from South Carolina. Do you think that, like, in the next, I don't know, say five so years, like the next big artist do you think there's a potential that it could come from south carolina through this collaboration project what what's kind of like where do you kind of see the south carolina music scene in the next five years um honestly i think in the next year or two we might see you know the eyes really start seeing on south carolina um that's one of the reasons why i started this platform but you know a lot of people are emerging from South Carolina now, and you know, shout out to Jet, uh, Jetson. You know, he's responsible for a lot of that. But um, I, yeah, I see, I see the scene really um, emerging in South Carolina. And honestly, if if the if the format is right, we could potentially do the same thing that Atlanta is doing. And of course, you know, you see uh, what Charlotte's uh, doing now. Not, not even so much Charlotte, just. North Carolina in general, you right. know, um, I didn't, I, I never thought I would see a, a, a J. Cole and the Baby collaboration, <laughs> and you know, I thought that was that was dope. Yeah, it was, it was real dope. So, yes, you know, there, I, it's a lot of artists emerging now, and then you got some Knife Wonders, you know, Knife Wonder being, you know, uh, moving in North Carolina, but you know, of course, he's worked with a lot of, you know, uh, well-known artists up north, but. Um, seeing how he's um, using Rhapsody now, and I, I really like how she's moving. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I really think, you know, with the right publications, like, I, I'm pretty sure Trey can vouch for this, 
the right publications, like you know, um, we have so many, so many talent, so many talent in South mm-hmm. Carolina, and I think that you'll be able to, you know, highlight the artists that we have here. Yeah, and you know, we're, like I always hear about these great artists from South Carolina, but I never know where to find them like how how do you and i guess this might be a way that this project is helping but like how are you how do you suggest people like find these artists that you're talking about that are on the come up like where where do you go to find local music around here that's you know has a chance of being good? um well you have you have you know people who do blogs you have people who do uh playlists um actually some of the curators for that i, I um i brought along for the project they run a weekly playlist. Um, some of them do blogs. Um, of course, showcases, but because of COVID now, you know, that's um, really messing up a lot of opportunities to connect and meet new artists. So when it came to Abigail's, you know, um, even though it was COVID, I still feel like we had to execute it. So we tried to, you know, uh, socially distanced. Uh, we made sure we sanitized the booth in and out, and you know everybody wore masks or whatever. But yeah, I, I mean it's it's a lot. It's it's a lot of different people who's running blogs or whatever. I just think that um, a lot of times they just need to be more consistent, you know, um, in what they're doing, and you know just don't uh, get discouraged. Like keep it up. Well, um, and I think also, um, since there isn't that aspect of like in-person shows anymore, now so much is based on the internet. And so a cool thing about this project was that it wasn't just like, like music artists, like there were like, you're getting photographers involved and videographers and just like, you know, people, um, who can try to put together just multiple kinds of content, uh, that can uh, try to make an impression that, that we really haven't seen around here. Mm-hmm. Um, but Brandon, uh, thank you so much for joining us and talking a little bit about uh, Amethyst. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Um, no. Uh, I get you can follow. I drop my socials. Uh, you can follow me personally at bfresh eighty eight, and you can follow the Amethyst pages Amethyst N S C. And yeah, awesome. that's it. Well, thank you so much, Brandon, for joining us. Um, and uh, excited to hear more about the Amethyst Project. And that's going to do it for this week's episode of Hot Topics. Join us every Wednesday starting in January for the latest news and entertainment, culture, food, and everything in between. Hot Topics is a production by WUSC News and Garnet Media Group and is produced by Troy Dassing and Ward Jollis. You can catch other WUSC News shows on Monday and Friday at 6 o'clock p.m. and on garnetmediagroup.org. I'm Flynn Snyder. And I'm Trey Martin. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Remember to keep it hot and have a happy holidays.